Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, re- I think you, you've, hit a, you've hit a good spot on here. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to see that you approve. Listening to make this slightly more clickbaity, and we'll be uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> Number one will shock you. You won't believe what happens in the top three. I can't believe what Simon Bushel chose as number one. This is the Sport Chronicle. I'm Simon Bushel, and I'm Devane Desai. We're counting down the top 20 moments of 2018. If you haven't heard part one, then pause this episode, go back and listen, and then join us for the top 10. The Olympics and the World Cup feature prominently in the top 10, but what will make the top spot? The answer may very well surprise you. And steps into it, passes, caught! Competition through qualifying from start to finish, and now she's the Olympic gold medalist, the 17 year old from the USA. Towards the near post, bouncing around dangerously, and South Korea have scored. Can you believe it? Germany are going out of this World Cup. Kim Yong Kwon. So we've made it down to the top 10. And yes, I think the number one probably will surprise a few people. <laughs> it's not my number one, uh, for the record, but it's, it's good. It's it is good. a number one. It's number one. <laughs> and it isn't Roger Federer, so <laughs> everyone can rest easy and assured in that regard. The rare oversight that we did not include Fed winning us another slam, getting back to world number one. Oh, He's not in this top ten, but I think we talk about him enough. So Yeah, he also didn't make the honorable mentions, which is slightly <laughs> baffling, really, considering if you've listened to this podcast for a long time. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to just shake things up. Exactly. It's the new year, almost. It's we getting do, to the new year. We do begin the top 10 with tennis, of course, though, to stay on brand. We have to, yeah. I mean, it's essential, really, isn't it, to this podcast? It might as well be <laughs> rebranded as the Tennis Chronicle, which doesn't sound like a bad episode. No. We should do that at some <laughs> point. Uh, number 10. I think we've spoken about this at length as well, and it is Naomi Osaka's arrival on the sporting scene, which kind of it culminated in that US Open win over Serena Williams, but... She kind of had uh, an arise and ascent this year as well, and I think she stands the test of time. Of she will become one of the one of the greats of this sport if she can keep a level head, which I have no doubt she will, just given what I know about her personality from 
watching interviews and watching the way that she holds herself. So I think this next year will be really interesting. And I think coming up in our predictions episode, I'll have certainly some predictions about how she's going to do. But I think she's very fitting to feature in this top 10 because we saw the arrival of a star. 100%. And I think it's good to see uh, the likes of Adidas going all in on um, marketing Naomi Osaka. I think it makes pretty clear sense why. Because of her star power and ability to become... Uh, the face of women's tennis once this next generation takes over. Um, I mean, we talked about this at length in a, a previous episode, but the way that U.S. Open ended obviously was not great for anyone involved, but um, I think there's no doubt in anyone's mind that Naomi Saka was full value for the win, and she's going to win plenty more majors. Yeah, she's not going to be hard-pressed to find majors in her future, I don't think. No. She's only 21, isn't she? Is yeah, it's wild. It's crazy to think about. Between, between her and Sabalenka, I feel like this is going to be a dominant uh, 2019 for the, the pair of them. We've already started with our predictions, haven't we? We haven't <laughs> even gotten it. into it at this Can't point. Let's move on to our number nine. Can Avia provide the opportunity from this free kick? He can indeed! It's turned in! The moment of history for Panama as Felipe Beloy got their first ever World Cup goals. But the headlines will be about England and about Harry Kane. England six. Panama won. I think just the scenes of what the stadium erupted into and the joy which erupted from social media and from the commentary box and just from everyone surrounding this, it was really one of those things that brings joy to the heart of what sport is all about sometimes. I think that's one of the best parts of the World Cup, having these Beno nations enjoy their moment in the sun. I mean, Panama has a, I have a weird outlook on Panama based on our our presence in CONCACAF and the fact that they are not a minnow, in my opinion, because they do make World Cups and r- routinely beat us when Canada needs to qualify for something. But, of course, on that stage, it's a much different story. But, yeah, I think realistic expectations at a World Cup for Panama, scoring a goal is pretty damn cool. I mean, it's pretty much it, I feel like. <laughs> this is definitely being turned into a movie at some point, right? Completely. Panamania? They just, <laughs> just call it Panamania? Or some horrible Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> documentary or something i mean what more can we say we'll come on to the world cup again later on in this list in a different regard but i think for a first step into it panama's first goal is a pretty damn fitting way to be inside of this top 10 yeah i think it was a great tournament in general um i think the final was also everything you could have wanted in the final as well so all in all I was surprised that russia pulled it off as well as they did but not really because they had a firm from grip on the The grip was yeah. extremely firm is what you'd probably say about that whether or not it's all entirely legal outside of those people who rushed the field in the final who we have not seen or heard from again since so i hope they're okay uh we will pray for them <laughs> in this holiday season totally serious on that because who knows <laughs> who knows really who knows yes number eight we spoke about it in our favorite quotes of the year Staying, stands fitting again. It is Stefan Diggs and the miracle in Minnesota. In Minneapolis? What is it being labeled as here? Miracle in Minneapolis? I think either works. Minnesota maybe sounds a bit better. Sure, we'll go with that. Alliteration's never been my strong suit. <laughs> Incredible. Neither's, neither's Incredible. language, apparently. So, <laughs> I think just the way everything happened with that play, and of course Minnesota would go on to lose to the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, but you have Case Keenum basically parlay that that magical run for him into a quite a sizable contract with Denver. And I think, like we mentioned before, I think the New Orleans Saints probably win the Super Bowl if, if that play doesn't happen. 
I think we probably agree on that one, actually. I think it's going to be a very, very close competition. And lo how the mighty have fallen, given where the Minnesota Vikings ended up this year, battling for their playoff lives. And of course, this is one that's going to age really badly when they are hoisting the Lombardi <laughs> Trophy in February. I mean, we're recording this as they are struggling mightily against Miami, but... After being 24 nothing yeah, up. and somehow, The defense is doing a hell of a job. I'll say that. Let's just let them score. <laughs> I think this one, will, this one will stand the test of time in terms of the things that you look back on um, from an NFL perspective, from a football perspective, this is going to be on many a montage for many, many a year. So I think it's only fitting that it makes the top Vikings 10. 100%. 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Dick. Stay up. Oh, 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 my God. 30. No way. Number seven, and we take somewhat of a darker turn, and it's the ongoing. Well, I guess technically it's, has it finished? I guess the ramifications of Larry Nassar's right. uh, sentencing are still being felt throughout the world of United States gymnastics. It was, this is one of the most horrific stories I think I've heard in many, many a year. No, 100%. And I think um, Nassar's punishment, 40 to 125 years, um, is a start, I think. Michigan State itself as a school probably has a big reckoning that they deserve for the way this was handled and the fact that this man, this predator, was allowed to continue to operate and, wor- and work with kids and, and teens and, and young adults. And just, we, I mean, the NCAA, we've, we've spoken about that as well before, but like, man, like this is comical evil. Like th- the way some of these institutions are allowed to basically skirt the rules and face no repercussions for allowing these horrible things to happen, much like Maryland, who one of the players dying and mm-hmm. finally their coach getting fired or Penn State or, in this case, Michigan State. It's just it's absolutely wild, the lack of accountability. You've gone off the page here as to what I'm doing. My page only goes to 100 years. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years, which is 2,100 months. I've just signed your death warrant. I, I need everyone to be quiet. I still have contempt powers. I told you I'm not nice. I find that you don't get it, that you're a danger. You remain a danger. I'm a judge who believes in life and rehabilitation when rehabilitation is possible. I have many defendants come back here and show me the great things they've done in their lives after probation, after parole. I don't find that's possible with you. Yeah, and I think really just what we're seeing now, even as the story continues to tick over, Simone Biles still in the news with some of the things that's been spoken about at the USA at USA Gymnastics, complete with the what was the the tweet regarding the burning of the Nikes. <laughs> shoes on the eve of the cafe. That lady was in charge for like three hours. She, yeah, she was, <laughs> I, pretty sure it was like three days or something. Yeah. It wasn't very long. My goodness. All is not right in the world of USA Gymnastics, which is 
really ironic given the performance of them in the last Olympics as well. You would, you know, cover a blind eye and say yeah. that all is well in terms of performance-wise, but... Well, I think the uh, the other elephant in the room is the fact that the Caroli family having such a huge impact on gymnastics and a lot of some of the things that went on um, at the ranch or like what what was allowed to like overtraining and not really adhering to normal practices of how uh, kids or young adults should be treated in terms of athletes. Like there's a I think there's plenty more to talk about here. We live in a beautiful neoliberal world, Mr. Desai. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to move on from politics in this podcast, but <laughs> we live at the intersection of it. It's impossible to turn a blind. Oh, okay. The politics chronicle. We'll also <laughs> rebrand that as well. Each week will be a new branding for it. <laughs> Six through four, we're going back to back to back at the Winter Olympics, which I think is only fitting. Three of the coolest stories which came out of this, and starting with Chloe Kim. We talked about uh, Naomi Osaka's arrival. Chloe Kim's arrival as well is somewhat have a really good feel-good story and everything that we spoke about in regards to the horribleness of usa gymnastics kind of gets offset well, it doesn't get offset in no capacity does it get offset <laughs> but in uh, it's one of those feel-good stories and the likes of she is the daughter of immigrants into the united states and she is only 17 and managed to completely and utterly change the face of women's snowboarding and really make it a global presence I think uh, the style, just the style she did it with as well. I mean, snowboarding in general is, has no shortage of um, flair and style, and I think that's why we like it, or we liked it a lot at these Olympics. Um, from the gear to the fact that you can listen to music as you're about to win a, gro- a gold medal, you don't really see that in any other sport. Fun to watch, incredible to watch. And I think women's snowboarding deserved a bigger spotlight as well. I think... There was some incredible stuff in the slope style event as well. And outside of your Sean Whites or those, the male snowboarders who probably hog a lot of the spotlight, I think women's snowboarding truly um, got its moment in the sun thanks to Chloe Kim. Doesn't hurt that she's American. Uh, it's a marketer's dream. Uh, like we've mentioned before, marketing does help get people in front of the right eyeballs sometimes. So It does. I think her winning the gold medal alongside Sean White was a perfect parallel in terms of downward trajectory. Sean White, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge (laughs) fan either. Certainly, there's some things that have come to light over the last few years which don't put him in the the greatest of steads. No, not at all. Anyway, good for Chloe Kim. She is very worthy of being in this top 10 and one that absolutely she will be kicking around for a very, very long time and no prizes for guessing whether or not she doubles this up with another gold in... Highly three likely. years, three and a bit years time. Highly likely, I think. <laughs> a small lead for Ledetska coming down the stretch. This could be Olympic history for the Czech oh. athlete. And it is. No one has ever won gold in skiing and snowboarding until now. Esther Ledetska. I think that's absolutely crazy. It's incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. insane. She won the Super G. <laughs> And the giant slalom. So that's in uh, alpine skiing and in snowboarding. Uh, down Downhill snowboarding, whatever the... Speed. Speed <laughs> speedboarding. Yeah, sure. Call, let's, right? let's... That's the layman term. <laughs> First person in 90 years to do that at the Winter Olympics. The fact that this was done before is shocking to me as well, that you could possibly win gold in two different disciplines. But it's a great shout. Um Kind of on the back of Chloe Kim, I think women's snowboarding, uh, like I mentioned earlier, 
finally got its due, and it didn't hurt that Estrelindag had com- completed something that I do not think we'll probably see again, or very unlikely we'll see um, any time in the near future. Absolutely remarkable. Just some of her quotations are really fun about this as well. When she was asked whether or not she was the best athlete at the Olympics, she gave a very firm no. <laughs> <laughs> there are the greatest athletes in the world here, um, is what she was quoted as saying. And then when she was brought up the fact that no one else basically in the history of the Games had actually done this, she just responds with whatever. That, that's that classic St- that, that cool. style. That style. style that so flair. much style. This is a great story. I mean, back-to-back, they're really, really cool, the pair of them. So this is one that, again, is going to be featured very prominently over the next 10 years. And you get the feeling, at least, we bang on it until people are blue, until we're blue in the face about this. But yeah, let your kids do multiple sports. Let them play different yeah, things. 100%. Do different stuff. It might actually turn out well if for them. If you needed any more evidence, uh, the past year we've seen multi, multi-sport excellence from several people. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray being two of them as well. Let them play what they want. It's not that hard. Just let them have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. Not yeah. everything has to be a competition. Not everything is <laughs> a game. Outside of hockey. Hockey is life or death. Absolutely, yeah. Well, in some ways it is for some of these <laughs> kids, but that's a different story in its entirety. Moving on to four, and we talked about this as well in the best quotes of 2018, and it is the exploits of Virtue and Moya winning gold and Pyeongchang. Um, thoughts on this one being above the other two that we previously mentioned? I think sen- uh, sentimental reasons why, yeah. For I'm wearing me, a Canada hoodie here. So. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, they truly did capture the attention of not just Canadians, but I think a lot of people around the world during that Olympics. And I think it's a fair show to have them at four here. Um, just the ultimate love story, I guess. You call it. <laughs> I don't half believe what I'm saying there, but um, I think it was the weirdest situation where everyone wanted them to be that ultimate love story. Like, we were all projecting on them, which is sometimes nice, I guess. It seemed to work. They seemed to play the part <laughs> extremely well, too. They truly looked like they were enjoying it. So, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, letting us live vicariously through you in the weirdest of ways. <laughs> it's the ultimate piece of escapism, right? Oh, yeah. For that oh, six yeah. minutes of just, oh, isn't it so sweet? <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> isn't it so cute? And, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. And it caught but us. I think there, so, I think there was some there was a, some strange voyeurism going on as well <laughs> that, that was unsettling. But well, we have to at least acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> Two hundred twenty-seven days after their first regular season game in franchise history, the Vegas Golden Knights are headed to the Stanley Cup Final. The incredible journey continues for the Vegas Golden Knights. What an amazing story, the city of Vegas that is just, quite frankly, almost done the impossible. And now a group four wins away from the Stanley Cup. Number, I think number three, we'll both agree on all the Vegas Golden Knights doing what they did in their inaugural season. Um, another thing that we've covered on the show. I, don't get me wrong, I think the, the league definitely set out some parameters that helped Vegas far more than previous expansion teams, but... I think the way the city bought in, the way the fans bought in there, the, f- the fact that it became such an amazing atmosphere uh, for games, truly, truly incredible. And it looks like they're they're back on the road to um, to making some noise in the playoffs again this year, which is good to see. I think the biggest fear is that maybe it's a flash in the pan and it's not um, consistent or sustainable. Sorry, but it looks like Gerhard Galant, or as as you Gerard Galant, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he knows what he's doing over there, so. 
I mean, he's a really good coach, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Gerard Galant. <laughs> Galant, sorry. I mean, I don't even know what its actual name is anymore, based on the pronunciation that we've Double been using. Double G. GG. <laughs> GG. He thought he was in boxing, but he's not. <laughs> he's riding the bench in Vegas. So Vegas, again, it's one of those things that if you're projecting 10 years forward, you get the sense that stuff is only just starting to be written about what actually the ramifications of this team as an expansion team of how it was brought about and just the stories that are going to come out of this one as well, I think are going to be really fascinating over the next five or six years because we're going to see the same thing again when Seattle um, expands in 2021. I think it's that 21, 22 season or 2022? 20, 20, yeah, 21-22, I think. It's a good job we don't have a news editor here. To <laughs> After that extremely high possibility of a lockout happening, yeah. Well, yes, yes. I think that lockout is going to happen. I'm Should almost certain it's going to happen, yeah. Very negative for everyone involved. And we will be covering it with wall-to-wall coverage here <laughs> on the Sport Chronicle. Very, very Just soon. as our, both our respective teams are probably entering the last few years of the, the window. Of, of relevancy, yeah. yeah, before they come crashing back Great down. Great timing. Great timing, yes. It's all right. We had a good ride. Well, you, you did. I'm, I'm struggling to get through this season, but you never know. <laughs> We've reached the top two. It has to be a World Cup memory. It has to be something big from the World Cup. And what do you think the one memory that will stand out from this World Cup? No, it is not France winning. No, it is not Croatia it's Simon, getting to the it's final. Simon Bushel atoning for a shocking prediction that had ramifications for many. So when you predict that Germany are going to go all the way to the final and go doubling up and go back-to-back champions. This, this is my biggest win of the year, that I predicted England would go deep and that Germany would not. But it's, that a big, is a, it's a big win for you. You can a, take your victory lap right now. You must be very happy about it. You know, I, I enjoyed this so much, though, as well, is because um, some uh, listeners may know I used to live in South Korea, and seeing them... Seeing them uh, get up for a game that had nothing nothing for them there. Basically, this is just uh, to play out the string, but to see them battle and work and do uh, do their other two teams in the group a favor by actually showing up, I think is an underrated aspect of this story. But I think it's obviously a shock of what happened in Germany there. It was a wild ride for Germany. It was a very, very wild ride. So they, I, lose, to, they lose to Mexico, yeah. which is a shock to start with. Mexican fans around the world and indeed around our previous workplaces going <laughs> utterly crazy, like truly, truly. Just a- not believing this is possible. <laughs> and the Central Americans have stunned the world champions. Germany can't believe it, but Mexico have held firm. And Germany, despite the fact they had 25 efforts on goal, just couldn't find a way through the Mexican defenses. Considering like if that Tony Cruz uh, free kick doesn't go in, it's even more shocking embarrassment because I don't even think they're put the potential to qualify at that point. Right? The last window of opportunity for Germany to earn a victory here. Kroos will go for it and score! An inspirational moment from Tony Kroos. Well, when they're down, when they are tested, they find a way to win. I, uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Germany as a team. Many of the players in the past I, I'm a big fan of, but... The way Mesut Ozil was treated afterwards by many people involved in and around the team, I think um, I, I was not a fan of. I was not a fan of in the least. And they are still feeling the ramifications yeah. of this one very, very firmly inside of Germany. This one has a lot of water left to go under that bridge. Excuse my extended metaphors and cliches <laughs> today. 
But yeah, we, we haven't seen the last of what's going to happen in terms of the Germany national football team. This well, thing is just from the beginning, the fact that Leroy Sané was dropped the way he was, and like just the fact that he clearly could have been used there, like Thomas Muller not being useful really at all, like mm-hmm. just a just a combination of really shocking things. There was not harmony in that dressing room in the slightest. Definitely not. A lot of people who just didn't like each other, which is very un un-German for, you know, harmony inside of the dressing room and all well in the camp and all those sort of things. Just, it wasn't there. I think it's just extremely rich that you had some of the Caucasian players being like, there's no such thing as racism in the team. Like, how do you know? (laughs) How do you have any idea what you're talking about? Look, I can say firmly (laughs) and unequivocally that I am not. It hasn't happened to me, so (laughs) it must not exist. Should we move on quickly from that? Actually, maybe just one final thought, because it is the last time that we will talk about the World Cup. Some spoilers, it doesn't make the number one point on this list. It does not. Congratulations to France. Um, One thing I will say about this, France, I think, won this World Cup a little bit by default on the basis that they 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 did everything they had to do. They did completely everything. A lot of other people did not. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll, I'll agree with you there. I think outside of Hugo Lloris trying to seemingly give away that game in the final as well, <laughs> which is super bizarre, but it's really the, the Paul Pogba narrative is really bizarre to me as well. The fact that he was on such a high and now at Manchester United, he's basically persona non grata. Like the fans are trying to run him out of town. Basically Mourinho clearly doesn't like him. And this is just months after having the, the greatest moment of his career so far. If you cook them up to lie detector tests and get them to do an interview right now, I really wonder what both Mourinho and Paul Pogba think about each other. And I really wonder what Pogba thinks about himself in, in regards to where he sits it's at the moment. It's a really weird uh, a year. I think a change of scenery would make a lot of sense for him. You heard your voice uh, first, though. The Mesodosal for Paul Pogba. Straight swap. Let's get it done, guys. <laughs> I mean, who's reaching here? <laughs> <laughs> you call me like ambitious in some of my, <laughs> my thinking. Considering I don't think Reno will be there much longer, and the fact that he ran always a lot of town at Real Madrid, maybe uh, maybe it'll work with a new manager. Do you want to put Rashford in the deal and put De Gea in the deal <laughs> as well? Like, just wow, <laughs> there we go. Now, I I really now we've got happens. balance, I think, at this point, right? All right, the number one moment of 2018 from certainly from my list. I'm gonna say Devang uh, chipped in a little Geo, bit geopolitically. I think you're right. But of course, we go back to politics for number one. North and South Korea agreed to march together at the 2018 Olympic opening ceremony. For the first time, the female hockey teams will compete together as Team Korea. But this is not the first time they have marched together. And next will be Korea. Two athletes holding one flag. North and South marching together. The fact that North and South Korea came into the stadium marching together while they're doing it again here in Athens. Korea! 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 Some hope the Olympics will be a chance to ease tensions on the peninsula. But the inclusion of North Korea is highly controversial, and there have been ongoing protests. It is one of those stories, I think, that at the epicenter of when you look back at 2018, I think just the image of seeing those white uniforms walking out into that central stadium in Pyeongchang, it's going to stand the test of time. And I think it's one of those things, even though it's symbolic and even though it's just kind of like a token gesture, I think it means a lot. And I think one thing that I have learned a lot of in my 20s is that sometimes representation and symbolic gestures actually mean something. And maybe this is a case that where it actually does mean something. I think it's well said. Um, 
There were some aspects of this that were slightly troubling, like that cheer squad that the North Koreans had was like a super weird. It was incredibly weird. It was, like, <laughs> it was very, very weird. It's mentioning voyeurism about vir- uh, virtue and voyeur. I think that was kind of weird. Like, oh, look how nice these people are. Like, they're not evil. I'm like, well, I don't think this is a normal conversation to be having at all. But no one is inherently evil, I think, in North Korea. But there were some aspects that were a little bit strange, I think. But I would agree that... The re- I think I'm speaking for you here, but to tell me if you disagree. I think one of the reasons we like the Olympics so much is because it affords opportunities for th- stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And that matters. And symbolism does matter. And whether or not this actually helps uh, to lead to lasting peace, which is what we all dream of, who knows? Um, but it certainly didn't hurt things. I and mean, that's a positive. I think there's a thin line between symbolism and propaganda. And I think... This... It, it, there was some times there where I feel like it was a bit of the latter as mm-hmm. well. But let's be honest, like much much of the Olympics is propaganda, anyways. Like... Well, that's that's where I netted out on it being the top pick as well. It's like even though even if it is propaganda, that's such a massive stage yeah. to have such a a bold faced piece of propaganda that how could that not be the top moment of any sporting thing that's happened? And like obviously Donald Trump is quite heinous, and I'm not a fan at all, but. I like how people were mad at him for trying to broker peace between <laughs> these countries. Like, of all the things to be negative about the current state of the world in the United States, like, that's okay. This is a positive to not have impending nuclear war and striving for peace. I think, uh, just to close out, like, if this can help in terms of reunification of families as well in the Koreas, I think that's only a positive as well. There's many, many families that were split apart many, many years ago that... Have they don't deserve that pain? So I think that that could be another positive as well. And it's, I I believe it it did start maybe not in earnest yet, but it's possible. Yeah, to start a dialogue, that's all yeah. you can really ask for, right? Especially when things get so divided. Well, very literally, in this case, it's one of the only. I think it's the only divided country in the world. Yeah, is, I I've been to the DMZ. It's super. It's it's, it's jarring. It's interesting. It's a whole set up now that just is a thing that is totally normal now but it's wild it is wild and it's a fitting way those are our top 20 moments of 2018 what a year and there was a really really staggering amount of sport i think one of the things that stuck out to me is how much sport i've consumed this year i think i should be kind a of disturbing amount a little bit shocked at some <laughs> of this stuff i should go and re-examine my life in some capacity <laughs> follow us on twitter at the sport cron feel free to at devang desai for his uh his opinions yeah yeah <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm online way too much as well so <laughs> come at me bro etc etc we said we were going to workshop um, horrible like sporting cliches and taglines for this show so maybe come at me bro is, <laughs> is a good way to end on this email us the sport it's not even a, just, it, you can remove bro just come at me come it's, at me yeah, yeah. It's, it's very fitting for modern <laughs> modern parlance uh, the sport at gmail.com if you feel like you want to get in contact with us and you can listen to all archived episodes at the Feel free to leave us a rating and review. It does, of course, help us find more people and expand the show. We've had a really good year in terms of being able to find new listeners. And it's been really fun, actually, to see the growth of the show over that period of time. 100%, sir. And uh, as I depart Vancouver for new opportunities, we'll, uh, we'll keep this thing going as well. Stay tuned next week for our predictions of 2019. This is going to be very entertaining. <laughs> Safe all the way to bold and back again. 
we will see you soon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.